Welcome to Unstuck AF, a podcast here to help you do you better. There's a path that starts where you are, passes through who you are, and leads where you want to go. We're here to hear from people who've walked that path or who are walking it right now. This is Orlando Bishop, Coach Orlando, and I thank you for listening as we learn how to get unstuck, how to be unstuck, how to live unstuck. Unstuck as fuck. y'all i have been working on this my friend sour you blues he has been oh. working and traveling and going <laughs> and we keep promising we're gonna make this happen we have made it happen i am so excited uh we first met through road machine theater yeah. and yep. have done storytelling shows together and i know you were on the one that i produced which was awesome because then we got to work together on your piece for that um yep. but just uh you never know when you're gonna meet people who mean so much to you and i had no idea that all these years later we'd still be checking in on each other and comparing and notes about the world. here we are so say hi to the folks how are you hi i'm so happy to be here i'm so happy to be here with you orlando i just adore talking to you you know you and i can go forever so and i'm your biggest fan so oh, well. i'm just the happiest. You, you know the feelings mutual. So I'm going to ask you a question that I usually start with, which is how and or when did you know, understand that representation was going to be a big deal in your life? God, that's such a great question. You know, I think there is an element many of us feel, if not all of us on some level, that mm-hmm. just by existing, we know we're representing, mm-hmm. you know, just by being here in this world as uh, somebody who's not mainstream, I guess I would say, not mainstream, right. but you know, yeah. the very typical, the, the highly represented. <laughs> yes. Yes. The highly Anyone represented. Of the highly represented <laughs> communities, there's an element of understanding that we're representing the choice to be an actor was easy for me, but the road was hard. Mm. And I really figured out, I learned early on Mm -hmm. just how hard it was going to be because I wasn't highly represented. So what happens is right. You get put into certain boxes, most Mm. of them very stereotypical. And I felt really responsible watching my immigrant parents fight so hard for the smallest things. Mm. And I remember how angry my mom would get at the stereotyping and the racism and the just small-mindedness. Sure. And I, it was really important to me to do what I could to combat those ideas. Yeah. Now, you talk about that hard road and, you know, I probably could guess, but rather than guess, I'd rather ask you, what are some of the things that you bumped into you were expected to be good at or not so good at or able to play or not able to play? Are there things that really stand out to you that you had to maybe jump up and down a little bit and say, come on now. Oh, she jumped up and down so loud. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, so much of the time, the, you know, the stereotypes I saw the most around South Asian women Mm -hmm. uh, at first were that we were abused, 
mistreated mm. by our fathers and oh. our husbands, that we didn't have a voice, that we were, you know, the other side of it is, you, you know, you've seen more of this probably in the last 10 to 15 years, maybe, of um, intelligent driven, mm. uh, but doesn't really have like um, heart, mm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Humor. Right. It's the it's what I always see. Like I see the breakdowns, and it'll say um, uh, uh, straightforward. You know, <laughs> takes no shit. Sarcastic. You know, it's right, always right, the like right. super right. strong person who has no needs, best friend role, or Got doctors, it. or doctors, mm-hmm. right? Um, hyper intelligent, nerdy. You know, again, no sense of joy or fun or ridiculousness. Just so I mean, those are. I don't know if I'm explaining them super well, but those oh, are sort yeah, of I'm getting it. You know, very clear, one-dimensional mm-hmm. examples. And so I think I've always said, you know, is it a human? I want to play a human being. I'm glad you framed it that way because you very much did play a human being, and I feel bad. And you know I adored your performance there. And I'm gonna now, I'm now gonna brag, but it's relevant. It's relevant. You know I'm gonna brag what I'm gonna brag about that I watched you and of course I was so excited and I watched you and I went, oh my God, she's modern Lucille Ball. And the girls are like, wait, did anybody see that? She's, she's, she's modern Lucille Ball. And, and I remember us talking about that. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that and the fact that you are capable of straightforward, certainly, and very intelligent, but also very funny um, and physically funny, which I don't think I fully even grasped myself until I saw I Feel Bad. Can you tell us a little bit about that process, how you ended up there, how you ended up being somebody so far from what you just described? Well, it was maybe, I mean, I always call it like this sort of Cinderella story because it was Mm -hmm. so incredible that it even happened and I still get chills talking about it. And I'll never forget you saying that to me about being the modern Lucille Ball. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I was wanting to do with it. You know, and it was like, I I always laugh because it was like maybe you and I mean, my mom got it because she (laughs) gets that kind of humor. I come from actually hysterically funny, wickedly funny people. And like one person on Twitter got, you know, people don't think of it when they see a South Asian American woman in that capacity. The connection is so limiting. Right, right. And and it's so interesting you say that because that was really what I think maybe what I loved so much about that opportunity. And it was a really interesting story because, or at least I think so. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting story to me. But at the time, you know, I had had, my my work history had always been like, maybe I'd get something and maybe I'd go for months without something Mm -hmm. or a year or a year and a half. You never know, right? That's that's Hollywood. Yeah, that's the deal. Mm -hmm. And then you can add representation into that mix and the deal is even more real, dependent mm-hmm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was accustomed to sort of zigzag life and had had a pretty rough year and a half. And there were, there were you know, other opportunities going around. And, you know, I'd read for some of them, but they all just kind of made me sad. They felt mm-hmm. like the same stereotypical kind of, here we go again, mm-hmm. same lane. Right. And then this wall came out. And I thought, my God, that it, this is the dream. This is the dream. This is why I'm here. This right. is everything I ever wanted is happening right here on this right page. There. And I went to that audition and I'll never forget 
afterwards, Blue always tells the story, um, my husband, but he mm-hmm. said that, like, I call him from the car and I was like, babe, babe, I think I nailed it. <laughs> Just weeping. Right, right. And he was like, oh, honey, that is so great. Can you please pull over? <laughs> yeah, please don't do this while driving. Driving in this state, but I'm yeah, so yeah. proud of you. But, you know, it's still, there's many auditions. I mean, that was just the first audition. I still mm-hmm. had to, you know, get approval from the studio and then sure. get approval from the network. And by the time I got to the point where I was testing for network, it was three white women and me, which I always joke will be the name of my memoir. But that that's is really funny. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was these three white women who were wonderful humans and all mm-hmm. very talented. And mm-hmm. I remember sitting in that room and thinking, it's either going one way or another. Uh, like there's right, no right. The, the, it's uh, not a competition. Yeah, right. No, it's it's a <laughs> right. choice is going to be made here. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, and I remember you know reading with my co-star for chemistry, and it was just the chemistry was there. Everything felt so good. Mm-hmm. And then when I booked it, I mean, I just merely, nearly, I could, I was so beside myself. And it was such an incredible thing for a network to go. Mm-hmm. the direction they did you know this was 2018 mm-hmm. for a network two and i'm going to put this in quotes take a risk i don't believe casting people who are right for things whether they're famous or not is ever mm-hmm. a risk i think right. it's about quality and talent and i believe that across the board when it comes to creativity regardless it was an enormous opportunity and then we made a pilot and we had a south asian showrunner so they ended up writing, you know, and she had actually created the storyline. So they ended up changing the family to a, it was an interracial mm-hmm. family. You know, we had biracial children. All of that was not in the original pilot. Wow. It's hard for me to even conceive of the show. Like, what was the show? Then? Like, I feel like so much of the show, Yeah, not that that was like everything, but it, in the way that it is in our lives, right? Like, it's not like I just walk around uh-huh. going, I don't know if you know I'm Black, but you know, as a black, well, right. you know what I mean? But it's just right. there. And it was so present and culturally worked. And so many of the jokes worked from there. And, you know, we were actually the first, it might be across the board, but it might also just be network. I think mm-hmm. we were the first comedy to be centered around a South Asian family ever wow. here in the States. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that I get so sad that hasn't been expressed bigger. The fact mm-hmm. that we, got as far as we did, I, you know, it was, it was really monumental and it was really amazing. I want to sort of flashback now, right? So there you were, sitcom centered around you. It was amazing. But so much about representation is it's so important for that little girl who's sitting there with her South Asian family to be able to go and, and learn and see how, what do you think got you to make that easy decision because you describe it as easy. But at the same time, I would think part of you could have looked at the television and gone, yeah, apparently that's not how this works. So what what do you think allowed you to, drove you to? Was it sort of like you didn't even consider that it was going to be a problem? Yeah, how did oh, that unfold? I knew it was going to be a problem. I felt very clear. <laughs> very many times just how insane this was of me to do. You know, well, one thing is I wasn't good at anything else. I mean, I really could. I, That's so I funny. You've told me that before. 
It's so funny. I think that's hilarious. To this day, I'm like, wow, it's like I am not a hyphenate. I'm not saying I I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm just saying I'm really good at this lane. Like and it's great. I'm not saying I wasn't, I, you know, I had to grow into training and sure. get better and do all the things, but I'm just saying it was such an interesting pin drop. I was 15. What the fuck did I know? I was 15. Yeah. And I think both my parents kind of laughed it off at first. Mm. But the thing my mom said on our wedding day, when she was doing a little speech, she said, you know, the thing about Umbalu, she calls me Umbalu. Mm. Um, she's so stubborn. And like, if she wants to do something, she won't stop until it's done, wow. right? And so I'm not saying, I mean, I was broke so many times and working so 8,000 different jobs. If I if I gave you a list of different jobs I did just to make this happen, mm-hmm. and people would always talk to me about backup plans, backup plan. And I'd always say, but if I have a backup plan, I'm not gonna make this happen. I can't have a backup plan because it's an escape route for people like me, for people like me. I'm not saying got that's it. true. You're not speaking for anyone, right. I got you, I got you, I got you. Please don't do what I did. In fact, but what I'm saying is, I didn't set myself up for any other way to do any anything else. Mm-hmm. Anything. I mean, to the extent that I was in LA for years and it wasn't going well, and left and went to grad school, and that grad school didn't work out, so I started a different grad school, and I have to start over because that grad school won't transfer credit. So then I oh, did wow. a whole different grad school, and then I, you know, so I really I put every egg in the same basket. Yeah. Do any of those stand out? I mean, I know the list might get long. I have a similar list of some very <laughs> random, very random. I mean, what in the world? I'm sitting there going, yeah. you know, come on, man. You have an education. What are you doing? I know what you're doing because we did. We all do it. We go, well, you know what? It's a job. Right, right. That's what do. That's it. That's all it is. That's all it is. So yeah, any standout? And then I guess in terms of the standing out, how do you draw on all that? Because what I did find to be true is then, for this is a totally random example, but I'm directing dinner for two, and I have very clear ideas of what I want the bar to look like because I was a bartender. So I'm like, yep. no, that would never be there. That needs to be over there. I want glasses there. I want right. So. In a funny way, it's kind of a brilliant thing to be able to do is to b- bounce around the world and see all these different things because when you go back to create, you've got some things to draw on. So yeah, I'm just curious if any of that has played into how you perform or how you approach the work or any of that. I definitely think you're, it's such a great point because I think that no matter what, life experience will always, it informs us as mm-hmm, humans. Mm-hmm, and being informed mm-hmm. as humans makes us better artists, right? right. So. Right. It's just the truth. And, you know, I'm always like, sure, go to acting class, but don't forget to live life because that's a really big part of doing what we do. Mm -hmm. But I would say there were so many. I mean, yeah, I tempt in a basement. I did data entry at a Montgomery Ward. That was in college. I did... I got the weirdest offer, uh, not offer, opportunity to train lawyers with using improv to help them uh, work with them how to communicate better. And I was so out of my league because these lawyers were cynical as hell and they were mean and they were like, what is this bullshit? And I was like, so um, there's this fun game called What Are You Doing? And I was like, oh no, this is awful. That's not very yes and of you. That is not very yes and. <laughs> <laughs> 
worked in a methadone research clinic. Did you really? And I uh, yes, and I uh, I also there was another one that was oh I sold Axe body spray out of like I That's literally funny. had to take yeah that was maybe the funniest That's jumping out of a van funny. and walking around you know Long Beach or Hermosa or wherever I could the bars were and trying all right, all right. <laughs> I love it. I don't know if you know this, but one day I'm going to have my own NBC show. But anyway, would you like some acts? There you go. <laughs> I don't know it either. Who wants to buy me a shot of Oh, that's funny. Okay, I love that. Okay, so you've gotten the show. You're there. You're obviously aware, right, yeah. of the representation piece. I mean, how could you not be, sure. right? The show has shifted. Sure. In terms of how you showed up, to the role, how you move through it, even maybe I, I would imagine maybe it even impacted, you know, press choices and that kind of thing. Like, how did you actually see it then and there, even to the point of I remember, you know, just seeing a billboard and being like, oh, my God, that's my friend's show. Like, this is crazy. This is it so was crazy. crazy. It was so, yeah. crazy. What, yeah, what you was know, that piece like? I think that in terms of like, yes, you're right. That by that point, I was very aware because of, you know, representation was, I felt like just trying to be in the conversation in a very real way. I know people like to believe that that conversation was happening in a real way a lot earlier. I personally didn't see that. (laughs) I'll never forget. (laughs) He's saying like, go send me another one of these diversity. (laughs) I don't need that shit. And I was like, what he said. We already know. I did know. I think the thing that that became really interesting, I when you said the press thing, I wish I had had. So I didn't hire a publicist during that time. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I had been advised not to bother because I was the show. So it was clear that a lot of press would be like, uh, there right. would be plenty of press. Like okay, your publicist. I get that. Right. I get that. And it's a lot of money. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't think people realize how expensive publicists are, but publicists are usually around $5,000 a month. Wow. And you pay all their expenses when they fly with you and do everything. You buy their hotel and their flight and their coffee and their, you know. Right, 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 right. Publicity is a really expensive thing for people to get. Wow. You know, the, the suggestion from most people around me was don't get it. Don't get the mm-hmm. publicist. But I actually wish I had. Because what ended up happening, and I don't think this is across the board, mm-hmm. but because my character was written to be in every single scene, Mm-hmm. And I was kind of the only one doing any press. There was no one else doing press mm-hmm. for the show because same reason, right? People don't want to hire a publicist. It's expensive. Yeah. Why bother? But what that meant was I was the only person doing all the things. Mm-hmm. And it became... Um, I wasn't enough of a name to be able to uh, navigate. It was my first time really being sure. in that world. Sure. And so there were things that I ended up missing out on and things that I wish I hadn't and things I did that I really shouldn't have had to do. Gotcha. You know, like I was the bartender on Watch What Happens Live. And my co-star was like, why the fuck are you bartending? You're the lead of a show. You, you shouldn't be, you should be one of the guests. Right. But you're thinking like, but oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. have a publicist who's going to say, there's no fucking way you're making the lead of this show. Sit here back here and I'm bartend. Bartend, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right? But that's... Yeah. But you're right. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. And I even tried to get out of it, but they were like, she really has to. And I had... I mean, what am I going to do? I'm not going to say no to the, you know, NBC. So... And 
I'm sure there were their reasons and whatever, but regardless, there were things I missed. You know, so I do Mm -hmm. think navigating press for somebody who's getting that opportunity for the first time, I would now be like, listen, if it's like that, please do spend the money because it will pay off in other ways. And if we had better press, we would have gotten a season two. And then going back to sort of the representation thing, I think it was Mm -hmm. really important to me, um, particularly because... Here I was, the second Indian American woman to ever headline a comedy, the first Indian American family being centered in this show. Um, We had a South Asian showrunner, all women producers. I mean, it was so many monumental things that Mm. I wish we would have had gotten out there more. Um, Because I actually think that would have been really exciting for people to know. I mean, it was such a special show. So what was it like to get that news? And what did you, you know, as you walked away, I always felt like you had a really healthy attitude about it. Like when we've talked about it um, and the experience you had and so on. But yeah, what what was it like to get the news that, yeah, no, it's a really great show. And uh, yeah, we're not coming back. I sort of saw the writing on the wall. If okay. you feel it like you do with any relationship that's sure. ending. <laughs> <laughs> Fair um, enough. That makes sense. Yeah, so I can't say I was surprised by it. You know, they aired two of our final episodes right, you know, back to back right in December, right before Christmas. So it was very clear what was coming. Um, They don't tend to do that with shows that they're excited about. Um, It was one of those things that I was I was heartbroken, but not surprised. Okay, I was heartbroken because. I was in love with the show and in love with the character, and I thought we were doing something really cool. Um, Yeah, and I thank you. And I also feel like, you know, opportunities like that come so rarely Mm -hmm. for, again, the not highly represented. And I'm such an advocate for being really vocal about these kinds. I mean, look at what happened with Abbott Elementary, which is brilliant. So good. You know, she's been talented for so long. And for her to be able to come and create a show and keep the the caliber of quality that she kept is, my mind is blown. Yeah. And I I have no doubt the fights she had were. Yeah. I can can almost hear the notes. Like, as you say that, I'm like, I can hear the notes right now. But anyway. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we all kind of watch it. And it's so exciting to watch um, Abbott Elementary and Grand Crew and see people really speaking out and saying these shows are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, and being loud about it and yeah. paying, you know, because I do think Network are very aware at this point that live ratings are just not as meaningful. I mean, I think they, you know, everyone knows that, but it's very, it's network is the difficult beast, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a very difficult beast and it's only becoming more so. So it's exciting to see that happen. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was a tough one with, I feel bad. It was just, it was just not meant to be. So you did good work brokenhearted, sort of like, what what happens then? I mean, is it sort of just step away? Is it, hey, I got to find something else to do and sort of keep the ball rolling? How do you deal with that? I think it's very much keeping the ball rolling. I mm-hmm. think I, I'm really vocal about these things as well. I mean, I'm vocal about everything, I suppose, but um, <laughs> I don't shut up, but... <laughs> I love that. It's so funny. I'm vocal about a lot of things, I suppose. 
<laughs> you know that's true. <laughs> oh, my poor husband. But it's one of those things where it's like, you're only as good as your last job in this industry, mm-hmm. which is brutal. Yeah. And I think, you know, what happens, especially between the, frankly, I, we still know the percentages are too small, you know, when it comes to Black, Indigenous, people of color, Black, Indigenous, women of color, mm-hmm. um, when you start getting into the LGBTQ community and disabled community and, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's mm-hmm. just limited. It's yeah. limited. And unfortunately, uh, what I learned was they will put you right back into the box as quickly as possible rather than say, oh, you did a lead and you did this physical comedy. We'd love to see you do another one of those. Really? The, that's yes. So what happens is, especially if you're not you know, if you're not 20 something. So oh, then it goes into right, the right, ageism right. factor, which is right. also it's heavy. It's, it's mm-hmm. real. Yeah, it's so real. And um, I was recently talking with an actress who's, I can't remember, late 50s, early 60s, somewhere around there. Gotcha. And brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. jaw dropping, breathtakingly brilliant. Mm-hmm. And she's just played a really phenomenal role, but it's, an Indian mom role. Got it. And she's like, you know, what's going to happen to me? I mean, I'm not going to get another job. I got to, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle wow. for my next Indian mom role. Yeah. And it'll likely be small and one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And right. And and the problem is she was like, you know, I feel like white women can play <laughs> 40 to like 55. They can just pick an age in there. Or let's say, you know, I'm, I'm speaking specifically about 40 plus. Sure, sure, sure. So, but even women in their 30s get aged up. I mean, right. they I got aged up, you know, because it's mm. like, we just need you to play this thing. Well, that would be fine if you let us age back down. Mm. But once you do that, then that's the bucket. Once you do that, they want but what she's saying is she watches white women get to play a range, a dimension, right? And that's the thing is I'm always saying, like, if you want to see more diversity, you've got to start casting more diversity in the roles right. that are dimensional, interesting, right. human. Then people gravitate and see it. But you're not getting an award for playing Doctor Number 4 or yeah. Indian Mom Number 25. Yeah. But and, the whole point of those roles is to come in and support, which that's fantastic. I, sure. It's great. But we can't keep saying just be grateful for every opportunity to people. It's 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 really dismissive, frankly. Yeah. Right. And so that's what was that's what was the, one of the lessons I learned after I feel bad was, oh, so I'm going to get put into things because now people have a decision you know, or a, mm-hmm. an idea, whether that's mom or this or that. Right. And so now my new fight is added, that's added in. And I think it's, you know, I'm really, I, I'm not, I'm so thankful because I know sure. that I've been able to keep working and good things are happening. But the mm-hmm. thing that I always go back to is, is it a human being? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things you look for? Like, what are, like specifically, like, obviously I get it. You don't want to be sort of like, Doctor, sarcastic, the things you said before, but are there things that you look for specifically to let you know, okay, that some thought was given to this character, this character isn't just sort of a two-dimensional come in, go out? Like a prop. What I think Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. A prop. prop. Um, Look, it it varies. When I need money, I look for uh, what kind of money I'm going to make. Offer. (laughs) I can't, yeah. There are times where you're just like, look, 
is just money and I need yeah. money. And you I don't need you. money. That's hey. a fact of life. So sometimes you play those roles, but mm-hmm. I, I look, I'm not in a place where I'm allowed, where I have the freedom fully to just say, that's not what I'm looking for. But what mm-hmm. I hope for always, mm-hmm. um, just for me, like for a start, I look for um, storyline for the character to have a storyline mm-hmm. to have uh, depth. Um, I like jokes. I want to see some jokes in there. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's comedy, obviously, if it's a drama, sure. then, you know. but humanity. Yeah. Give me a person, you know, if it's, um, I would say like for myself, I try to have a, like a little three prong thing. Is it creatively filling? Is it financially, um, good for me mm-hmm. or is it going to move the career needle forward? Mm-hmm. I need at least one of those three. Gotcha. If it's, if it's not going to be one of those three, then I'm just doing it just to be busy and I don't need to be just busy. I have a life that I need to, I need to figure out and do my own shit, you know? And I, as you know, a project I'm working on that I'm trying to move forward. So for me, it's not about just being busy. It's really being intentional about what I'm doing. So I'd like to ask sort of, as you're talking about being intentional about what you're doing, I do know about that project. I'm not going to ask you to reveal the details of your development (laughs) project, but I would like to ask, and with representation in mind and the importance of it, what you would like to create going forward. I mean, you know, we talk about this humanity and so on. I've been, you know, I'm pleased that you're writing. I think, you know, we've had some amazing conversations generally and certainly about stories. So I'm like, yeah, you should be doing this. Um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, what, what, yeah, what, what would you like to create that would sort of be uh, your expression, your manifestation of, yeah, let's do this thing and let's do it right? I mean, I think the thing that always excites me, no matter what the medium, mm-hmm. is South Asian characters who are believable. Like, mm-hmm. I buy them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, uh, the thing that I always look for is kind of the I feel bad, the physical comedy, the comedy, the fun, the ridiculous. I mean, what I loved about I Feel Bad was this character was flawed, petty, disaster. I mean, you know, these are the (laughs) most human qualities, Mm -hmm. just our base selves. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to watch another person of color, woman of color, black woman have to be the sort of indigenous woman, have to be sort of this strong back. Yes. Yes. I don't need it. Not only not needing it, and certainly my relationship to it is going to be a little different than yours, but part of my issue with it is I think it's actually sort of a dangerous thing, right? Because when you when you strip people of that brand of humanity, as we bump into people in life, their expectations of this of the same sort. I couldn't agree more. I think that it is absolutely dangerous. It is it is a bad precedent to be setting, and it's a mm-hmm. precedent that that unfortunately over and over again. Sure, and. You know, it's so funny. I was speaking recently with a fellow South Asian woman who she and I are talking about trying to get a project together. And they're like, well, what would you want to do? Like, And we both want to do the things that we see white women get to do. And that doesn't mean we want to be white women. <laughs> no, that's a different thing. But I hear you. Yeah. But I think you're right. And I think showing that dimension in humanity, I mean, think about our friends in life. Mm-hmm. If I have a friend who's always taking care of me, 
and always there for me. And I never asked her how she is. And I'm never there for her. You know what that is? Bullshit. Nobody wants that fucking friend. That's a user. <laughs> no, it's true. Weird ass codependence shit there. I mean, it's yeah. just not. And I know the argument is always like, well, story. And we can't have everyone have a storyline. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Then stop just making the white woman the lead and the black woman or the brown woman the best friend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and figure, figure it out because right. this is where the problem is. Or not where, but one of the problems. Well, certainly one of the problems. And I would add into that, that it also makes, I mean, as you put it very sort of straightforward, we're having the conversation. It also makes your dreams, your hopes, your fears, your pain, if not irrelevant, certainly superfluous, right? I mean, if, if you know, that best friend even, I, I don't always buy, I guess I don't always buy, right? That, oh, we can't have a thousand stories. Well, it's not necessarily always about having a thousand stories, but what if the best friend occasionally was like, wow, that was some bullshit. Would you say that for? Just to unpack it a little bit, make it believable. Yeah. Have yeah. a moment of man, we're talking about you again. <laughs> And, and there's nothing I'd rather there's nothing I'd rather talk about than how to make your life super awesome. Like, what is happening on the screen right now? What is happening? Like, who does this with their friends? I think you're absolutely right. Who would want that friend? No one. And and nobody. And the thing is, is yeah, it's really so. Look, the truth is, there have been many times since I felt bad that I've thought. I don't know how to keep fighting this fight. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm waking up every day going like, fuck you, fuck you. But, you know, I wake up at times and just go, I don't know how to keep doing this. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think people realize, well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe people do. But when you're in a creative field, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's going to come a point when you're going to be like aged out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just creative fields, it's all fields. But so, you know, where my brain goes to is like, how do I make sure I'm not hustling to qualify for health insurance Mm. or whatever it is, right? Like, how do I set myself up to just be okay for a minute, just for a minute, you know? And even after I feel bad, that didn't happen, you know? And so then Mm. it was like, okay, so now we're rolling back up the hill again. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully I booked a huge opportunity, which I like am so grateful for. Yeah. Um, And it's been, you know, it's really been um, incredible and has really, as an actor, forced me to meet it. The role has forced me to meet it. It's Mm -hmm. asked a lot of me, which is amazing. You know, like what a... What a fucking honor. Like, that's right. what you want. Something right. to think you're talking to, you right. know? Is this the opposite of what we were talking about just a minute ago? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I feel very, very aware that this moment is incredible, you know? Mm. And I'm so thankful for it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I feel aware that I need to be thoughtful and intentional about what's next so that I don't end up Back. with the same sort of situation. Yeah. As I listen to my friend who says, oh, I'm doing these Indian moms, right? It's... It's really disappointing to see the way ageism works because there's these brilliant actors out there mm. who just don't get seen. You mm. know, fine if you want to be doing, you know, whatever show about the high school kids or whatever it is, you know, yeah. fine, great. Right. But don't forget to highlight these astounding actors. You know, yeah. I just worked with um, 
Covey Raz, who's been mm-hmm. around. He was the first South Asian actor in the States mm-hmm. to ever even be cast as a series regular. Wow. When was that? Staying elsewhere, so the 80s. And it's not like, and then and the floodgates were open. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's this assumption that once you get there, and yeah. it's just not true, unless you happen to be doing the thing that you know goes forever, or mm-hmm. people you become sort of a fan favorite or whatever. Right. You know, the, but ultimately you're only as good as the last job you did. Yeah, no, I gotcha. So as we sort of wind down, what would you say for those of us, some some people who listen to this are in entertainment, but some people are in other fields. And so it, sure. it's going to play out differently and the issues will be a little different. But I, but I think some of what we're talking about isn't going to be that different. Some of what we're talking about, these are conversations that another job I did when I was doing consulting DEI that, you know, I'm talking to a bank about is what I'm talking to. How can we be doing a better job of making sure we are seeing the equivalent in all these worlds of that 55-year-old actress who's brilliant, um, but who we're not accustomed to seeing in that role? What would you say are some of the things that individuals who are listening could actually say, you know, I'm going to try to do better. And here's like a step or two as to how I'm going to try to do better. First of all, you know, I do think in terms of ageism, that's across the board. You know, all the isms are across the board. That is not by any stretch. Every ism is not just entertainment at all. In terms of supporting it, though, if these people are in things, first of all, watch it. Spend your money, spend your energy, spend your time, tell people to watch it. I mean, again, going back to Abbott Elementary, I think it was one of the most, maybe the most tweeted show. Is that right? Ever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. And, okay, great. Uh, so the the support for it was so... Uh, the wave was so gigantic. Mm-hmm. And that kind of support, that's the new water cooler talk, right? You know, if you think about it, like that's what social media can do is support. And I think the other thing to remember is when it comes to the ageism thing, thinking about, you know, there's the Olivia Colmans and the Meryl Streeps and the... Mm-hmm. Um, Judy Dench's and all mm-hmm, these extraordinary mm-hmm. actresses, just unstoppably brilliant. Mm-hmm. That exists in other communities that don't that aren't represented. And we're not seeing it, right? And we're not seeing it. And mm-hmm. I think really this idea that people only want to see 20-somethings is is I think it's not true. Just like anything we think, you know, that that they want to tell us. How long did they want to tell us we didn't want to see diversity? How long did they tell us we didn't want to see, you know, whatever it was? The reality is people are clamoring to see it. I think audiences love to feel like they're part of the discovery process. Yeah. And I think all audiences are drawn to talent. I think the Mm. combination of good acting, good direction, good writing is unbeatable. Yeah. I don't think, I think all we need to do really is simple. Just watch it. Watch it. it and talk about it and tell people to watch it. Watch it and talk about it. Also, like and subscribe. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, that. Uh, but yes. <laughs> that too. Right, right, right. No, I don't that... know how to, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, thank you is the first thing I want to say um, here in that I know how busy you've been and I'm so happy that you've been so busy. You know, every time you tell me, oh, I've got to work, I'm like, good. 
great. Cancel really on do. me. I just, I love it. <laughs> I'm like, if you're going off doing your thing, cancel on me. That's fantastic. Uh-huh. I will figure it out. But thank you so much for taking this time and for your friendship. You've just been such a supportive friend and the conversations we have are just amazing. And so I'm glad we were able to have one here and record it and share it with some other folks. I couldn't agree more. And I do want to add thank you because I want all your listeners to know that um, during my lowest times where I wasn't Mm. just getting up and fighting the fight, you have been such a true source of support and um, helping me. It's great because you motivate me without feeling pushed. Wow. Like that's, that's the spot. That's the sweet spot of like friendship. And I'm so thankful for you. And I'm so glad we got to have this time. I really appreciate that. I did not expect you to say that. You're the Too best. bad. I got you. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Take care now. Okay. Big hug. Bye. Y'all know what time it is. It's time to walk the line. Now, every time you listen to Unstuck AF, you hear me explain that this is the podcast that is here to help you do you better. But here's the thing. What does that mean? Most importantly, what does that mean to you? See, here's the thing I want you to do this week when you walk the line. I want you to think of the story, that story that tells me who you are to the nth degree. Like if you were going to do a commercial about yourself, this would be the story you would tell to let people know what it is to do you. And then I want you to look at that story and take it apart. And I want you to think about who you were being. Were you being courageous? Were you being friendly? Were you being humble? Were you being aggressive? And I want you to think about that as your who and approach situations going forward with that as your compass, as that, as your way to lead the way. You've got to do you. And one way that I found I've been doing me as we talk about representation is how I choose to represent myself. Now, those of you who are watching video are going to be like, what's going on with the suit jacket, Orlando? Because I made a conscious decision. I was done trying to look like a consultant is supposed to look at certain times or how a coach is supposed to look at certain times. I am going to look how I look and I was going to wear my sweatsuits how I want, when I want, where I want, because I want and I'm doing me. And that's the way I'm choosing to represent myself. But I was going to see a dance performance with my child. And they said to me, you know, what are we, what are we wearing? Or I asked them, what are we wearing? And they said, tell me what they're wearing. I said, I don't know about a sweatsuit for this. So I put on one of my suits. I put on a suit that I just bought recently, actually. And it struck me when I opened it to put it on that it says right there, I dare me to do it. That was the, that was what I chose to put on the inside there. I dare me to do it. I dare me to do it, all of it, to be me. And I dare you. I dare you to go out into the world and be that quintessential version of you. Because when you do, just like I found as I was saying it and thinking about it, you can put on that suit from time to time. Because when you do, you'll do it as you. And then you wear it well. Thank you very much. I think I do. (laughs) Join us next time right here on Unstuck AF. And in the meantime, if you want to have this conversation, head on over to WeAlign. WeAlign.alignp.com and jump into Team WeAlign. Get in on the conversation. We got the cypher coming on April 29th, and we would love to see you there. You can follow us on Twitter, at AlignP, Instagram, at AlignP, the Align Performance page on Facebook, AlignP on TikTok. Where you at? We'll come find you. Let us know. 
But until that time, remember, do you so we can get unstuck and we could be unstuck and we could live unstuck, unstuck as fuck. Now, let's walk the line.